Yo, everyone, what is going on? We are back. It is your boy, Drew, with my boys, Jason and Brock. What is up, guys? I'm so happy to be back. How is it going, fellas? Hey, Drew. Hey, guys. Man, it's been a great start to the season so far. But before we get into any actual football, we have our quick question of the day. And it is, what slang or trend makes you feel old? Brock, I'm going to start with you today. For me, the number one thing is... When somebody references something from social media and it just goes over my head, <laughs> like there will be times I, I work with with uh, people that are relatively young, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, and they'll all be talking about a meme or, or something like some like Vine type or Twitter video that is viral and they're all laughing, cracking it up. And I'm like, you know, I only follow sports media on uh, social media. So like I and I'm just like the old guy sitting back like. Oh, the kids are having fun. That's all that really matters. Yep, we all get lost every once in a while, Brock. <laughs> I agree with you on that one, man. <laughs> Jason, what what slang or uh, uh, what what trend. was it or trend so, so, makes you feel old? Yeah, mine's more of a trend. Um, I don't know why. So far, it's been everyone's been doing it. Celebrities, um, athletes, and movie stars, whoever. Little baby, you know he has the biggest shoes. There are Balenciagas, oh, those five-inch heels for men. I hate that style. The striped shirt with those skinny, tight jeans. <laughs> that trend needs to die, fellas. Never bring that up, please. All right, Jason, you seem to feel pretty strongly about that. I'm on Instagram and I see this stuff pop up. I'm like, I do not like this. This is a style for little kids. Yeah, I, I think you guys kind of summed up everything that that's wrong with trends and and uh slang words these days a we don't understand it from the the younger kids and b the the outfits and clothes and those trends are ridiculous the what's up with the uh fanny pack coming back oh, fanny pack a, across the chest that's a good that's one. what makes me feel old i'm like what 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 boat did i miss on that one what? you better be trendy to wear that man if you're not trendy you're not allowed to wear that i'm pretty trendy i'm not trendy i feel like anymore oh well hey you, you know what is pretty but it's trendy. better that you, that you don't wear that by the way i'd rather you not why wear is that, that? It just seems like something I don't know. I I don't like that. I mean, more whatever you like to do. That I'm not gonna judge. I, I mean, I, I don't like to wear a fanny pack, so I don't. I mean, uh, on my fanny, I'm not wearing it. Across my chest, I'm certainly not wearing it. I don't know. It's it's just it's a style accessory. It's what the it's it's called trends. That's what it is. It's a trend. It's gonna. But the, it's here's, gonna, but the problem exactly, Jace. That's the problem. People are are not calling it trends. They're saying. Oh well, I need to I need to carry my chapstick in okay, my. In, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. If you so watch, don't try to defend it. It just say it's I mean, a trend, and you, you want to look like an idiot. Just that's all I want to hear. I mean, for them, yeah. But if you watch on GQ, they have this kind of interesting thing <laughs> where they do a ten thing, or like it's a a famous person like ten things I need or ten things I use every day, and every single one of them has a bag, like either a toiletry bag or like you said the chest strap or like the fanny pack. But it's like, I mean, it's made by Louis Vuitton and Goyard and Gucci. It's like, it's for the it's for the, the name brand value and people think it's cool. And there's kids in high school that are just wearing like uh, designer clothes, you know that? Asking for that stuff for Christmas, man. Wasting perfectly good Christmas presents on this kind of stuff. Makes me think. <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. Moving right along into the third week of the NFL season. And I am sad to say that this is our... For the three of us, our first podcast together in the NFL season, that will we will be doing better moving forward. Definitely giving you a weekly podcast. Um, but some people are looking good. Some people are not looking so good. Uh, the Jenkins brothers, not so much. But maybe Jason, the 2-0 God, can give us some tips on how to improve our fantasy stock. 
by picking kickers in the 10th round. That's how you guys win games. No, but seriously, guys. It's, I a, trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> Honestly, um, this year, I went in with the mindset of picking the best player at that best time. Um, and then picking four running backs or three running backs in the first round had me uh, on top of the world because I have depth because running backs can't come easy, guys. And I'm still having difficulty. Chris Carson, he's losing reps to freaking Rashad Penny now. And Joe Mixon being hurt, that's my second round pick. But to be honest with you guys, Austin Eckler came in clutch. But some someone makes a mess up in the draft and you can pick up their mess fault into in successes. <laughs> Man, that, that is funny that you say that, Jason. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like, you know, everyone has strategies going into the draft and then... You always feel the best about your team when you're loaded with running backs. And when Jason came out of the draft with four legit starting running backs, it was like, all right, that's pretty great. I mean, I would feel great about my team after that. When I have two number one receivers, I don't feel as good as when I have two number one running backs, even in a PPR league. I don't know why that is. I feel like wide receivers are so easy to come by. Someone can break out like a w, like a wide receiver two can be a wide receiver one at the end of the season. It, it all depends. It's like a... Because running backs, you know what you're kind of getting most of the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like running backs are like scarce. And if you don't pick them in the draft, you're kind of screwed. I also think that now that we're going into week three, it seems like a lot of these third, fourth, and fifth round running backs are losing value like by the day. And it's kind of like if you didn't get one of those guys in the first or second round, it's almost biting you in the butt unless you, you know, struck gold with someone. Yeah, I'm really all in on the on the first round running back strategy, even maybe potentially reaching for one in the second. Um, just to try to get yourself that workhorse, that's something that really sets you apart. Uh, yeah, Jason, I think that's currently what's you know setting you apart is Le'Veon Bell is exactly that, a workhorse, not extremely efficient on a terrible offense. But, you know, he had 10 receptions. That's You start the game off with five points. Don't even talk to me about the yards. I mean, Le'Veon Bell... Right now, let's see. He wasn't able to get a touchdown this week, but he's number six on the year, and he got 15.9 fantasy points, which I think you'll take. I would take that every day, honestly. Yeah, and if he could do that throughout the whole season, he's going to be a top-five running back. Um, I mean, and he should be more efficient as the the defensive line for the Browns is actually really good, and they just sent the house on every play when Sam Darnold gets back. And then, uh, you know, I mean, the, the carry numbers for Chris Carson have been really good. He got 15 both weeks, and he's even been in the passing game. He had six receptions week one three in the second week, um, 21 points week one, 8.2 in week two. And that's kind of the consistency. Well, maybe not consistent, but you want 10 plus out of your RB2, I feel. And I feel like you're going to get that out of Carson. Here's a big question that I have about Jason's team is Austin Eckler. I mean, fantasy stud so far, obviously, scoring touchdowns left and right. And this is completely what we expected because this is exactly what we saw when Melvin Gordon was out of the mix due to injuries last year. Um Austin Eckler looking like a great pickup, and honestly, I is this is all just you know off the top of my head. But if if I'm the Chargers, I have two more than serviceable running backs, and I have and I have Melvin Gordon on the shelf. Now I I guess you can play uh, Melvin Gordon as much as he wants when he gets back, but if I'm looking at a team perspective, why why would my my teammates uh, rally around Melvin Gordon, who's been away from the team this long, wouldn't they just roll with Austin Eckler a perfectly fine, more than serviceable, above-average running back? Why Why do they need to mix in Melvin Gordon? So, there's this term. Talent equals tolerance. Mm. Melvin Gordon 
is more talented than both of those guys, and that's a, that's the reason why Austin Eckler's been on the bench the past two years behind Melvin Gordon. Um, it's not that he's not good. It's he's not as good as Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's done this three years in a row. He had a bad rookie year, um, not scoring a touchdown. We all know. But another thing is GMs. They are. We were talking about stubbornness in behind the scenes earlier, uh, behind the curtain a little bit here. And uh, GMs that draft a running back top ten. They're going to play that running back until they don't have to anymore. Mm. They're going to get as much as they can. Until not... they want to get paid. Exactly. Then Melody wants to get paid. Great. We know what we have in Eckler. We know what we have in Justin Jackson. Maybe he even improves as a six-round pick. And, uh, you know, let's let's run Melly into the ground. He's healthy. He's going to be there for our playoff run and hopefully be a stud in the playoffs. Sure. But his talent is the reason why he's going to come back and he's going to be a stud. And it's nothing personal. It's, it's all about money. It's a business. He's at the toughest position. His teammates know that. His teammates know that he's the better player. It's just... Physically, he's different. Like Austin Eckler is like five nine or five eight. Like he's a tiny, tiny little dude, and he's going to be more than serviceable for the first nine, ten weeks that they have him. But there's no reason that they wouldn't start Melly once he comes back. When when do you think Melvin Gordon's return date is? I heard some reports in maybe week five, week six, possibly, wow. and then I heard later week nine or week ten. Mm. I I think I'd most certainly see it closer towards week nine or ten. I mean, just. The way I look at it is Melvin Gordon has no incentive to show up now. He he's gonna well, he, the money that he's losing out on now. He's he's losing a paycheck every week, right? Mm-hmm. But that if he were to get injured during weeks, let's say three through ten, now at this point, how much money is he gonna lose in a contract year coming up? So it's his best option is to sit out as long as he can and stay fresh as long as he can come out and still produce still ball out when he gets back and only have five or six games of damage on him as opposed to 10 or more yeah that's true and if this team makes the playoffs which which a lot of people would project them to um even though they are in a tough division um if you perform in the playoffs throughout sports history every sport not just nfl you're gonna you're gonna get paid and uh, i think he'll be set up to be in that position yeah i mean i can definitely see that and uh like I said, I think that was one thing on Jason's team that I wouldn't be I wouldn't be super upset about having uh, Austin Eckler if your thought was that he's going to be gone. I mean, I think there's a chance maybe he plays the whole season with the Chargers. Still a chance of the trade with Melvin Gordon. I don't know if anyone's going to pay up for it, but, I mean, it's always an option. But I think without further ado, we can start to get into some Week 3 fantasy matchups from the Polar Pops League. Let's get right into it, guys. So the first one we're going to get into is my guy to the right of me, Jason Gill versus our boy Simi, Simi22, Christian Garcia. Jason, right off the bat, tell me how you're feeling specifically about your matchup this week. Matchup this week, I feel very comfortable. Um, I, I feel... <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Back that up. I feel very confident with my team this year. After after the draft, I told all one of the... Every guy in the, in the league that I felt confident for the first time. And I know I'm going to have a shot at winning this week. I actually have a W in the bag already. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I have Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I have Le'Veon Bell. Austin Eckler and Chris Carson the flex. I feel like that already puts me at an advantage, and I'm not putting any doubt into Christian, but I just feel like with my he has Juju Smith Schuster. I feel like with Ben Roethlisberger not being there, he's gonna, he's gonna take a value hit right there, and I just feel like my team overall is way better. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christian, I love you, but I feel like my team, my starting lineup is just 
more talented. And Keenan Allen, I mean, he's way better than Robert Woods. But come on now, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you bring up you bring up some good points there, Jason. <laughs> I mean, if we're looking at if we're go, just going matchup for matchup, I mean, Matt Ryan versus Baker Mayfield. Mayfield against the Rams is a tough matchup, tough defense. Obviously, I'm a biased Rams fan. Everyone knows that. But at the same time, I think everyone can agree that the Browns have not looked what we thought they were going to look like. Baker Mayfield sure as heck doesn't look like what we thought he was going to look like, especially against last week against the Jets. They were depleted. And if it wasn't for Odell Beckham's 89-yard touchdown pass, that would have been back-to-back single-digit fantasy weeks for Baker Mayfield. I know, acting like Cam Newton out there. Yeah, yeah, and Brock knows a thing or two about uh, Cam Newton's production this year. So, I mean, just going down the list, Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, that could be a wash. I might give David Johnson the edge there um, just because of the matchup against Carolina at home. Uh, then you got your number two running backs, Eckler versus uh, Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs like one, at Minnesota. I mean, love Josh Jacobs, love, love, the, uh, love all the uh, touches he gets, um, but Get not... Zero. He had zero receptions well, last week. Well, I love the volume of rushes he gets. Yeah, but they, that's say. something they talked a lot about him, and that right. would have juiced his value up quite a bit. Receiving has been a little disappointing, and I don't. I feel like they're going to run him into the ground. Especially John Gruden offense, week one in garbage time, or I don't. I don't remember if they were winning or not, but I just know they were trying to kill the clock, and they went probably ten rushes in a row. Josh yeah. Jacobs. So I love him. I love that usage, but at the same time, you got to wonder if he holds up. Um, Getting into the wide receivers, that's probably where uh, Christian has the edge there. Oh, definitely. Juju and Keenan Allen. Love Keenan Allen. Love Juju, honestly. Everyone hates on Juju because Still? of Big Ben. Really? I mean... His target percentage has been uh, quite a bit lower than a lot of number one receivers, um, surprisingly, this far into the season. But they've been passing the ball around a lot. And the Steelers actually had the most drops out of any team in the NFL so far this year. Dante mm-hmm. Moncrief. Dante, Dante yeah. Drop Creek. You said yeah. it, Jason. Yes. Dante what, Brock? Dante Drop Creek. No, no, no. All right, so just to round this out, we got tight ends. I mean, that's a shootout there. Jared <laughs> yeah, Cook versus Austin Hooper. The, yeah. Shootout in the best of ways. All right, and then uh, you guys get into some defensive kickers that we're not going to get into. So... Yeah, Jason, I'd say you, you, you probably have the edge going into it. But if there's anything we know, projections mean nothing. Yeah, And so. one injury your way, you're, you're a oh, lost right there. Absolutely. So. But it's good to have depth in that case. Well, definitely. All right, moving on to our next matchup. We have Eddie Nega versus Kevin Cerna. So, Kevin, not yet have his second running back or his flex in. So, we'll probably just guess. And let, Let's do this. Who do you guys think Kevin will start as his number two running back and his flex this week? Um, number two running back. I think he's going to go with Carlos Hyde this week. I feel like I could see it's, that it's a player that he really likes. Uh, he's been getting quite a bit of carries. Yep, the volume uh, there. James White in a, in a kind of a bad matchup. It proves it looks like a more of a Sony Michelle game this week. We'll see. Yikes! Those those uh, Patriots running backs are getting more and more difficult to predict. Every year, I feel like there's always a standout in the beginning of the season. At the and at the end of the season, you're like what would happen? Now there's like a three top three freaking running backs in there people say it's hard to predict i don't i don't think it's very hard to predict at all i think if the game projects as a as a shootout then it's going to be a james white game if it projects to be a kind of a patriots one-sided it's a sony michelle game and other than that if it's competitive throughout they're going to use three to four backs that's just what they do hashtag game script so uh we'll look into the running backs uh head to head here oh no we'll go quarterbacks 
Carson Wentz versus Deshaun Watson. We got Deshaun Watson uh, on the road against the Chargers. Struggled a little bit uh, last week against a tough defense. And against Carson Wentz at home against Detroit. Um, just the visuals of this. I kind of like Carson Wentz in this one. Although, I mean, now that I think about it, a lot of depletion in the receiver game there for the Eagles. I cannot go Carson Wentz after what he's shown. He's been injured. He's gotten beaten up. He hasn't been consistent throughout his career. Um, He had, I mean, I don't know. He was in and out of that game. He hurt his ribs. I just couldn't go against Deshaun Watson against anybody except Patty Mahomes and maybe maybe Lamar Jackson. Like you said, big year for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in on Deshaun Watson. I have a little board bet with uh, with Kristoff saying that he's going to outscore Patty this year. Um, not looking great. Uh, I didn't know Pat- oh, Patrick man. Mahomes was actually G.O.D., but it looks like he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like he is, and, and there was no fluke of it last year. Uh, we'll look into the running back matchups. Uh, Eddie's rolling out Dalvin Cook, potential number one fantasy player, Dalvin Cook, uh, and Matt Breida. Uh, against Saquon, and then who we suspect will be, let's just go with Carlos Hyde for now. James White's an option, but uh, that's kind of who we're guessing. So two really good number ones, arguably the two best running backs right now. Arguably, of course. Um, And then two uh, not exciting number two running backs, but serviceable. Who do you guys give the edge to? I think this is a really good matchup, by the way, as far as the running back. Matchup. I, I mean, I, I think you know that I'm much higher on Burita than most, mm-hmm. and so I think, I think Kevin, give me Barkley over Cook slightly, but mm-hmm. give me give me Dalvin Cook and Burita over Barkley and whoever he starts at his number two. What do you say, Jason? I agree with you. I feel like wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I choose Eddie's team over uh, Kevin's team, but it is a close uh, competition for running backs. By the way, question for you guys: Dalvin Cook, do you think he dropped because of his health value throughout the seasons? Do I do we think he dropped throughout the season? Yeah, no, because of health concerns. For, yeah, exactly. I feel like he's been very injury prone, and I feel like that's an issue for all of us. I feel like health, not being able to stay through a healthy the whole season, kind of screws you over, right? Man, I I can only agree with you on that because a they're running more than any team in the NFL, and he's the main contributor of all of that. And b he's been injured the last two years in exactly. the NFL that he's played, so. There's no, there's no logic to think that he won't get injured with the volume that he's getting. But at the same time, the volume that he or the production that he's giving you is, you're not Worth trading it. him, you're not getting rid of him, you're starting him every single week. He's matchup proof, and you're just gonna wait until until he tears something. I don't consider injury proneness at all. If a player is healthy, I take it as that. If, it depends if they have some mm. sort of soft tissue injury in in the preseason or uh, if something pops up. You know, I'll I'll. I'll take that into account, but I'm. It's the NFL. These guys are literally punching their heads into each other for 60 minutes every single week. You know, 75 plays a game for each side of the ball. Um, I'm not one to take injuries into account whatsoever. Yeah, well, that's the thing about taking risks with players like that. It's just you don't know the production you're going to get. I mean, but like you said, as you've seen out of Dalvin Cook so far, you're not you're not worried. If I have Dalvin Cook, I'm not worried about anything. You know. That's the thing. You roll him out there, but at the same time. It could very well be a trap. All right, let's see uh, the receiver matchups on on this uh, slate here. We got DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen uh, versus Odell Beckham and Kevin. He's got has Mike a, Evans Emmanuel and Sanders Brandon, in there. And Brandon Cooks. Yeah, 
Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks on his bench currently. Yeah, he's possibly playing games with us here at the Manuel Sanders start, but uh, against a against a pretty decent defense too. So I Manny's the number four wide receiver so far yeah, in the year. Yeah, so far. He got a garbage time touchdown in week one, and uh, he had 11 catches though week two. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin did start him over two underperforming studs in Brandon Cooks and Mike Evans. Uh, I think I'm rolling out Mike Evans there still. Just wait, wait until you. Uh... He's gonna have a lot of skin in that uh, Tampa Bay New New York Giants game. Oh man, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> but uh, tight ends, then hey, another good matchup here at tight ends. OJ Howard versus Delaney Walker. Obviously, we expected OJ Howard to be doing quite a bit better, a, like a top three tight end. OJ Howard, no more. What is with the hype? Well, I heard a lot of a lot of buzz and commotion coming from the league about OJ Howard, and uh, he's been dismal this year so far. It's only been two weeks. Well, what's knowledge to me is that I guess Bruce Arians doesn't typically have a performing uh, tight end in his offense. And now everyone is saying, well, O.J. Howard's the exception because of his talent. Right. But obviously we haven't seen that. I mean, what what does O.J. Howard put up? He had nothing last week, (laughs) 3.2 the week before. I mean, maybe he's a freak of nature. Maybe he's like a blocking freak of nature. Like, who knows? (laughs) Obviously, he's not blocking a lot because Jameis Winston isn't doing anything special. He's he's not giving his number one receiver Mike Evans any love, and he's I mean peppering uh, my guy Chris Godwin. But as as someone who believed in this Bucks passing game, I'm a little disappointed myself. Yeah, I just uh, you know time will tell. I don't love it, but uh, OJ Howard I did say before the season I thought that was the best pick of the draft. OJ in the eighth round. Man, um, I I was. <laughs> I was that was guaranteed to be my pick in the eighth round. But so. here's the deal, Eddie. Because you got him in the eighth round, he was going in the fifth round. Like you're you were yeah, draft yeah. in a normal league, you're drafting him in the fifth round. So the fact that you got him in the eighth and that he's not producing, you really can't be super upset about. Well, that's why you picked up Greg Olson, which you thought was a great pickup this week. And I really did. I, th- I thought that was a great pickup. I think he he could easily have been the number one pickup this week. Greg Olson looking nice and spry, getting peppered with targets. Love it. So. Also getting some some deeper, just you know those up the middle, just the tight end running that straight streak and the linebackers yeah. on them, and it's yeah. just you, you take advantage. And uh, I saw him get bloodied up there. He, did, he looked pretty good. Looked like a man. Looked like he's uh, been there before. Huh? Exactly. He's ready yeah. for that matchup. Yeah. So all right, I think that. Uh, who do you guys got, Eddie or Kevin? At the end of the day, once they have both their lineups set, I'm gonna go Kevin this week, uh, just because of matchup reasons. Um, I just feel like Saquon Barkley is going to run over all Tampa Bay this week, so I'm going to give the W to Kevin. Projectors. Man, this is a tough one. Um, I think as long as Kevin uh, starts a running back two and a flex, he'll be okay. <laughs> but um, I don't know about Manuel Sanders. If, if he's feeling gutsy, I, I mean, I definitely respect it, but I think I might go with Mike Evans. Yeah, Kevin does have the star power with Saquon, OBJ, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson. But I, I mean, I just like I think Eddie's team is is well balanced from Carson. Well, Carson Wentz worries me a little bit, but this is the week where it's like kind of d- deciding week, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he put up seventeen last week, but is he healthy? Is he not? Like he'll play through something and it's gonna screw up your fantasy team. Um, I'll go with Kevin because I love Deshaun Watson's upside. He he could easily get a thirty burger this week in uh, in LA against the Clippers or Chargers. Ah. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. Oh man, I didn't have a. Let me see. Hold on one second. I've got a. Uh, 
<laughs> you messed up, Brock. All right, on to the next matchup. We have uh, Berto versus Kristoff. Kristoff coming in with the hot team so far. I got the Patty Mahomes to start it off. So we'll go quarterbacks first. Pat Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Man, Tom Brady ran into a good season with a couple of uh, little bread baskets that, that fell out. Fell out of the sky for him. Does that make any sense? Do bread? Well, quick question: Do bread baskets fall out of the sky? I'm gonna say in, yes. I'd say in NFL terms, they do. They they do. They do. I agree with you, Drew. Okay, cool, good. So now that we got that. Brock, who do you got? Mahomes versus Brady. Come on, come on. Come on. What? I mean, I mean, there's honestly, if you look at Brady's numbers from last week, he didn't have to throw the ball very much. Just tell me so, who you got. Give me Mahomes. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Brady this week. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Although, although Brady had, listen, like I was trying to say earlier, but I couldn't put the words together in my brain euler. Tom Brady ran into a great season. Josh Gordon comes out of nowhere. Okay, he's going to play the whole year. Whoa, that's crazy. Now all of a sudden we have Antonio Brown to, to just juice up. We have four serviceable running backs that can go in at any any given time. And Philip Dorsett looks like he's the best yeah. he's ever been. And Philip yeah. Dorsett's a legit wide receiver four on this team yeah. now. So, and not to mention Tom Brady's little one-yard QB sneaks into the end zone. So, Birdo, you know what? When you drafted him, I oh, had second thoughts. It was like the 16th round. I was like, hey, I thought there were other guys that could have gone there. But Berto's proven time and time again that Tom Brady will work for him. In the years that Berto doesn't draft Tom Brady, he's not going to do anything. So message to the rest of you out there, don't even bother drafting him. Just leave him to Berto and let him just reap the benefits. Well, still picking Pat Mahomes, I guess. But <laughs> uh, we'll look into the running backs here. James Conner and Leonard Fournette, two under... Uh, what's the word I'm looking Underwhelming? for? Underwhelming to start the year, running backs. However... Two guys that I'm sure everyone had high hopes for uh, against Todd Gurley. And it looks like Chris House rolling with Marlon Mack with his number two. Does have Carrion Johnson in the flex as well as Devontae Freeman in Berto's flex. Brock, what do you think about these running back matchups? I do not like Devontae Freeman. At the beginning of the year, I was highly fond of him. No. This year, he's been extremely inefficient. He hasn't been catching the ball very much. Um, that offense is not what a lot of people thought it would be. A lot of people have said it's the Rams of the South. Um, it has definitely not been that. James Conner, is he hurt? Is he healthy? What's the deal? We're playing San Francisco this week. We're what on the road. The Sunny California. I don't know what's Gucci with him. He's got a boo-boo foot. I don't know. Well, let me tell you one thing, though, about that. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but whoops. Whoops. Yeah, whoops on me for that. But, hey, look who has Jalen Samuels. Yeah, you talked about Gregory Olsen being the number one pickup. I thought Jalen Samuels really was. I think Jalen Samuels for Birdo is the number one pickup because in that case, you're locking up a number one running back no matter what. But I think all of us knew that that uh, the big con, the big JC, the cancer survivor was not healthy and that Jalen Samuels probably should have been the number one pickup. It was the only person I considered claiming didn't do it. We got Leonard Fournette on Thursday night against the Titans. The Titans seem to have the Jaguars number the past couple of years. Division game, Thursday night, short week. I just believe in Leonard Fournette, honestly. Like, he hasn't had a great year. I just believe in him, though, this year. I mean, the offense is pretty abysmal, but <laughs> the volume is there. And everyone's talking about he's way involved in the pass game, and he's getting all the touches that you could ever dream for. So you're going to run into the end zone, and you're going to run into a couple hundred-yard games. You didn't take into account 
Gardner Minshaw. Oh, I took him into account. Yeah, that was that was accounted for. Jason, what do you think about these uh, this running back matchup? Uh, I'd go with Todd Gurley over James Conner, um, just because Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley himself, and Marlon Mack over. I, I have issues with Marlon Mack and the whole Colts offense in general, but I, I choose Leonard Fournette just because he's had some doubts in previous years, but this year he has said that he's he's lost weight. And he's more. I feel he's. He says he's lost when he's changed his ways of everything. So I feel like I believe, I believe him, and I feel like he's not proven me wrong with the reps he's gotten this year. He's fully u- utilized. Yeah, I believe everything that uh, any NFL player says. Um, <laughs> all right, let's look into the uh, wide receiver matchups here. Tyler Lockett and Calvin Ridley getting rolled on out there for Birdo. <laughs> My guy Kristoff rolling out. Michael Thomas and Sammy Watt, big old Watt. What's up with that, Brock? I mean, I've year after year or game after game, week after week, I haven't believed in Calvin Ridley, and he keeps scoring touchdowns. So maybe it's just he's a touchdown maker. Egg in my face. I'll take it. I'll eat it. I'll Ooh. enjoy it. Calvin Ridley. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins had an underwhelming week this week against Baltimore at home. You know, hopefully he's really ready to get on top. But I think Mike Thomas, no matter who the quarterback is, hopefully it's Taysom Hill this week. Um, I think he's going to be able to get it going. He's he's the best receiver out of these four. Um, give me Michael Thomas and Sammy Watkins over Tizzy Lockett and Calvin Rizzi. Do you guys know what the X factor is for this week regarding this matchup? What is it? It's going to be tight ends for sure. Wow. Wow, exactly. <laughs> wow for sure. Mark Andrews has been going off. Eight receptions for 108. Eight receptions for 112. Do you think he will keep that <laughs> up? Sorry, that was an accident. Um, do I think he will keep it up? Who did you ask? Mark Andrews? Yeah. Mark Andrews. Do I think he'll keep it up? Lamar Jackson's favorite target? Or Hollywood Brown? Here's my answer in short. It's just like stocks. Here's my answer. You go up and eventually you gotta come back down. My answer is yes, I think he will keep it up. Okay, would you choose him over? Did you want me to say no? Evan Ingram though? Evan Ingram. Would I choose him over Evan Ingram? Yes. Well, I don't know yet. I want to see what Daniel Jones does. <laughs> Daniel Jones is proven, guys. Come on. Now. Yeah. He's proven in the yes. preseason. He's preseason proven. Exactly. He's a preseason performer. So, I mean, it's tough, but I mean, you you got to love the high-powered offense. I mean, anytime I get an offense that's averaging 30 points a week as opposed to an offense that's going to average maybe 12 or 15 points a week, I'd probably choose a higher-powered offense. Again, uh, who are we talking about? Mark Andrews? No, the other one. Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram? That's a wide receiver right there, man. You, I know, I like That's him. a wide receiver listed as a tight end, and he is the number one wide receiver on his team. So I don't think you can quite yet put Mark Andrews over him just because of A, the talent, B, the volume, and C, uh, one other thing. Um, but Mark Andrews... I love him, but he can very well just be a flex guy, or he could very well just be a nothing guy halfway through the season. We just don't know. So conclusion is you always take the hot hand over someone that's kind of proven. You know, I originally said that I was going to take a hot offense over, but I ended up saying I'm just going to take the uh, more talented, <laughs> the more talented pass catcher. So I I totally flipped the switch uh, midway through my argument, and yeah, I'll go with Evan Ingram. What about you, Brock? Yeah, um, you know, this week I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go with Mark Andrews and a high-powered offense. Should be a high high point total game. With oh, the, this week? At, We're talking? At Kansas City. Oh, you're talking about season long? 
Wait, man, what, what are we talking? Are we? Because I think now, guys. I think you know I'm talking right now. Whoops! Oh, whoops! Whoops! So, I'm I'm talking right now. <laughs> I think Mark Andrews this week has a better matchup. Uh, Evan Ingram at Tampa Bay. I mean, they did just give up 100 yards to <laughs> Old Greg. <laughs> Old Greg. They did just give Shout up. Shout out old Greg. <laughs> Shout out old Greg. Greg <laughs> yeah, they just gave up 100 yards to old Greg, so I think you can't, you can't go wrong this <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, well, here's all right. Here's the thing about Greg Olson. <laughs> Greg Olson has done it for so long. We're not talking Greggy though. <laughs> Where did Greg Olson come yeah, from? we are. Hold on. <laughs> no, because Tampa Bay gave. I'm saying Evan Ingram was playing Tampa Bay this week, and last week Tampa Bay gave up over 100 yards Greg Olson, to, to Greg. old Greg. Right. Oh, okay. So you think he's gonna have a, sim- a similar stature of what Greg Olson had in the last game? Well, yeah. I'm just trying to look at matchups, and because if you see at Kansas City, Baltimore is gonna have to go. They're gonna be on go. They're gonna be throwing the ball a lot. It's not gonna be a big, uh, you know, Mark Ingram game. Right. Um, Gus Edwards probably will get zero carries. I think this is gonna be a high scoring game no matter what. Um, I'm really hoping Justice Hill could kind of kind of poke his little head out, little prairie dog. Um, but I I I don't see that. <laughs> I just don't see it happening this week. I've been looking for an, <laughs> I've been looking for an old Greg sound drop. <laughs> I've been trying I, to stall for you. I can't find no. one. I'm sorry. I'm old Greg. All right, there you go. There you have it. All right. Let's move on to the next match. I don't even know if we finished this one, but we we got we got to move it along, guys. All right, Brock, you'll give be... me Kristoff. All right, oh yeah, yeah. Who's your who you got uh, going into next week? I say Kristoff this week. <sighs> I'm sorry, Eddie. I think Kristoff takes this one. Oh, Birdo. Birdo. Hey, Eddie. I think you're gonna win. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so give me Birdo. Give me Birdo this week. I'll take Birdo over Kristoff. All right, our next matchup is. Uh, is that? Oh, that's Bobo. Bobo versus Brock. Bobo versus Brock. On paper, our two favorite bees. Yes, right. on paper. Brock's okay. team does look like it has the numbers to put him over the top, but for some reason, the last two weeks, Brock has proved dismal numbers. He's below. <laughs> Tell me, Brock, what do you see in your team? As much as the league has seen on your team, that it's potential right there, but they just don't come out. I'm actually happy that I started off 0-2 so that the rest of the other nine of you have a chance this year. A different player, we say it every time, a different person has won the league every single year. There's only four of us left, okay? There's there's four. There's four. There's four. Kristoff's got a fine team. It's it's at best, second best behind me, okay? We're going all in. I don't care. My team, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Whoops, whoops, whoops. I have Ezekiel Elliott and Nick Chubb, Antonio Brown, the big digger, and I have Darren Waller, Sony Michelle. <laughs> okay, my team is stacked top to bottom. I love my bench. I love my depth. Duke Johnson isn't what I expected. Okay, I admit it. I should have taken Eckler. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't even care anymore. I'm over it. This is a team that's gonna come together. I'm gonna roll Bobo this week. That's right, roll him. Roll I'm tie. Pro- I've been projected the highest every week, and I've been the lowest scorer two weeks, and that's okay. You know what? It's, you get a great pickup mid-season or first season of the week. Darren Waller. I feel like those are a great pickup for tight end since we're so scarce. Well, to be completely honest, it was Darren Waller or Mark Andrews, so it was actually a bad pickup. Oh, but those two? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, never mind. So we'll yeah. That back yeah. Then. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all all kibits aside, you know, last week I did take a, a pretty big L to Daniel, who probably has the worst team in the league, and you know, Cam Newton screwed me over. Um, 
that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pick Rony. Yeah. Okay. 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 But uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, if anyone has running backs to combat my top two, it's definitely Bobo. Um, Derrick Henry has notoriously ran over Jacksonville, and Christian McCaffrey is uh, the great white hype, the great white hope. Um, not far this season. I mean, oh, Aaron, last game actually. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen. I mean, I think it's pretty easily a Rod. <laughs> but uh, you know, Josh Allen, he'll throw three picks. He might rush for three touchdowns though. Um, I, I kind of want to let you guys fly for the rest of this matchup. All right. Well, yeah, I I like Aaron Rodgers, but I I mean I don't think you can say he's been as good as where he was drafted. But I would certainly give him More the right. edge there. Edge um, over Josh Allen? Josh Allen's is, this is his year. Aaron Rodgers is not proven this year. Aaron Rodgers' number. numbers yeah, yeah, are no. dismal. It's not Aaron Rodgers, 12 points and 14 fantasy points. Difficult matchups, and he is in a difficult uh, division, but that's just something that needs to be accounted for these days. Aaron Rodgers may not be matchup proof. He's ranked 21st compared to Josh Allen's ranked 11. So I feel yeah. like. I mean, a... it's early, but no, yeah, yeah I mean, the rushing is obviously inflates Josh Allen's value, but I mean, that's fantasy football for you. Uh, rushing yards for quarterbacks is valuable. Um, go, getting into the running backs, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. I know Brock already touched on this a little. Versus Zeke and Chubb, man, these Zeke are two two powerhouses. These are two really nice. He's projected twenty three. I've never seen a player project. Wow, I can't say that I have either for a non quarterback. Um, even then, that's kind of uh, hard to find. But I also think that's incorrectly inflated. And me and Brock were talking about this yesterday. Is that in a in a game like this where they're gonna get dude the game's gonna be over at halftime you think they're gonna raw Zeke the entire second half and give him all that those touches but the other thing is he might have twenty three points in the first half so I mean it's a toss up but at the same time I mean there's always risk there when it's a ridiculously lopsided uh, game in your player's favor in my opinion you have to roll him out but you have to roll him out you don't oh, have yeah. a choice because he could get thirty he could get. 12. Yeah. But either you know? way, yeah. I just pray the Dolphins score more than three points this week. Yeah, know. that'd, that'd or, be or good for point, you. Or any points. Yeah. Any points. Unlikely. That defense is, is <laughs> looking to gobble up any type of uh, <laughs> score that, that they plan on. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so getting into the receivers here. All right, here's here's where we're going to find our uh, our catalyst. It's going to be Jarvis Landry versus John Ross III. A waiver wire pickup versus Antonio Brown and Stefan Diggs. Jason, how do you feel about these two matchups here? I would prefer Antonio Brown and Stefan Diggs because they're two proven names and you know what you're going to get out of them compared to Jarvis Landry and John Ross. Um, John Ross has shown um, what he could be the first round value that he was chosen at with the Bengals. I mean, he is ranked number one this year in wide receiver rankings. But I feel like at this point, I'm going to go proven over unproven, even though John Ross is proven. Uh, I'm going to go Antonio Brown and Stephon Diggs. Jarvis Landry, for some reason, doesn't make me happy as he used, once used to. He hasn't been the hype and all the, the hoopla he once had. Yeah, I think it's just it's it's just the Jarvis Landry thing that kind of sets me off. And it's just because, like I said earlier, it's the Browns. I'm not a fan. I, I don't think that... I don't think that Baker is what we thought he was, and I know it's early, but at the same time, he's had two favorable matchups. You can't really give him the excuse that he's had tough matchups. And just the Browns in general, they didn't dominate the Jets the way that they really should have. They beat the Jets. They took care of business, but at the same time, how depleted they were, they I mean, and I'm really getting on a tangent about the Browns, but it relates to Jarvis Landry and making him almost like zero value 
It's like, did the Browns really beat the Jets or did the Jets really beat themselves up at the end of the day? That's what it comes down to. I mean, you make a great point. Uh, looking at flexes here, both rolling out some running backs. We got Mark Ingram on uh, Bobo's side versus Sony Michelle on Brock's side. Man, I think this is a, a good little flex matchup, but with the offense that um, Baltimore's rolling out, and when you consider their matchup against Kansas City, you got to think it's going to be a high-scoring game uh, as opposed to Sony Michelle playing against the Jets. Hey, terrible team, right? But Surprisingly good run defense, do they not? I think Chubb just ran all over last night. <laughs> oh, well, I, I always think of Leonard Williams, and I just assume that oh, they have a yeah. great run defense. Well, you know what? They, they didn't have C.J. Mosley or their first-round pick, Quinn Williams, last week, so if they're back healthy, then, yeah, that, that's not a great matchup. There you think. go. Thanks for uh, saving my take there. Um, but at the same time, Sonny Michelle, a couple fumble arena issues um, as opposed to Mark Ingram, who... I was watching Mark Ingram last week. He got lit up, and he came out of that game. But he does look good, and he does catch a couple balls out of the backfield. Justice Hill is a zero threat factor, so that's nice as well. But what about Gus Edwards? What about who? Gus the bus? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll take Mark Ingram in that matchup. All right, last but not least, we have... Myself versus my good old cousin. Didn't say he was going to win. Uh, I always forget to do that. All right. Let's see. Uh, Jason, who do you think is going to win? Without looking at projections, I'm going to say on paper, Brock looks like he has a better team this week. So Brock with a W. I think McCaffrey's due for a big game. I don't know how I feel about Derrick Henry, but I also think that George Kittle's due for a big game. I also think Brock's due for a big game because he's 0-2. However, <laughs> I'm just going to go with Bobo on this one. I like Bobo's team. Wow, Brock's projected 118. I just saw that, but I'm not going to let that get to me. So, Bobo, uh, roll Brock. All right. Who are you? I'm out, Greg. Pleased to meet you. There we go. We found it. We got it. Love there we it. go. I love it. All right, guys. Well, now it's the one you've all been waiting for. I'm sure you waited to the end of the podcast. The match of the for. week. Match of the week. Drew versus Daniel. Dun, 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 dun. All right, guys. So here we are. Finally, I can talk about my team and not talk about Daniel's. How does that sound? Does that sound good? Sounds fantastic. And we'll jump right into this matchup. Oh, okay. We have a uh, Lamar Jackson versus Jared Goff. Jared Goff, you know, my man Lamar. Versus uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar's been great this year. The number one quarterback. 120 rushing yards casually. How many? 120 rushing yards casually last week for Lamar Jackson. Um, He showed in week one he can throw the ball. He showed in week two he can throw the ball and he can run the ball. He didn't take any big hits, which is huge for him. Um, Jared Goff in kind of a tough matchup. The Rams offensive line hasn't been quite what we thought it would be, but I think Cleveland's uh, secondary is is a, a little exposable. They have some young guys on the outside with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams as their starting cornerbacks. But, um, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson at Kansas City, he's going to be forced to do some things. He's going to run the ball quite a bit this week. Give me Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson over Jared Goff. Um, Lamar Jackson's Heat. That's his nickname, Heat. So he's going to have the numbers. Jump into the running backs, Jason. Okay, running back-wise, Alvin Kamara, Chris Thompson versus Patrick Lindsay and Peyton Barber. Um, the only serviceable running back I see out of this is Alvin Kamara, so I'm going to go Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Brock, what do you got? I mean, Philip Lindsay at Green Bay, I 
that's just a god awful matchup. Um, hopefully he, I mean, touches the ball. I mean, that's all you could really hope for. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, I could for I foresee him getting quite a few carries and potentially double digit catches this week. Um, being that Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill is going to be the QB. They're going to be looking to get the ball out quick. Um, you know, Jadavian Clowney's looked okay, and uh, he's going to get to the quarterback. That's what he does. That's he's that's his business, man. Um, you know, I'm looking at Drew's benchy bench, and I'm seeing Miles Sanders, who we may start over uh, Chris Thompson. But Chris Thompson, uh, Monday night, kind of a kind of a Monday night hammer. That's always fun. It's a little nerve wracking though to have a guy like that. But versus, I mean, Peyton Barber and Philip Lindsay, um, give me Kamara by himself. How do you, how do you feel about uh, your wide receivers, Drew? Um, I think Daniel's gonna whoop your ass, but <laughs> wrong. I think Daniel's receivers are uh, his top two at least are definitely best in the league <laughs> versus Julian Edelman and Miko Hardman. Yeah, so Edelman was going into the season my wide receiver number one baby, and I felt all right about it. I didn't feel great about it, but. At the same time, I came in with Alvin Kamara, and then I went and grabbed my number one tight end. I got Travis Kelsey, and then I went around and reached for a guy that I had good hopes for, Damian Williams. And I mean, what can I say? I got screwed by uh, the Sean McCoy trade. Nothing you can do there, you know? It's just like... So... And then you go on, and then you draft... Julian Edelman, I'm like, all right, I need a receiver who's available. It's either the Rams receivers who I can't choose between. I mean, they're all three just right there, and I, I, I can't put one in front of the other. They're like my children. So I just kill them all, leave, throw them all off the cliff, right? And go with Julian Edelman, high floor guy, high floor guy, and eh, medium ceiling guy, but high floor guy that's going to get you consistent catches. He's the only threat there. There's no Josh Gordon. There's no Antonio Brown. And then all of a sudden, Josh Gordon comes. And then all of a sudden, I've said it before, Antonio Brown comes. Oh, no. And I'm just like, what am I going to do with this Julian Edelman guy? i got to throw him out there every week. Still love him. Still think he's going to do fine. It's just like one of those guys is going to do great every week. Maybe two of them. Well, you were saved by the Chris Godwin being, you know, the second coming of G.O.D. He's the other G.O.D. I didn't know there was a first. I mentioned someone was actually GD and Patty Mahomes earlier in the pod. Okay. Um, it's news but yeah, me. I mean, Drew's going to throw Chris Godwin out there. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's ghosting with him on his bench right now. LOL. That's real funny kid. Um, the real interesting thing is I feel like he's going to start Michael Hardman or Damian Williams in his flex, or I think Damian Williams will probably be RB two, And then we'll slip Chris Thompson or Michael Hardman in the flex. He picked up Demarcus Robinson. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is on the, the Demarcus big, Robinson. My man is on the benchy bench, but, uh, um, the tight end matchup is interesting, but give me Kelsey over anyone every single week. Um, defense, Daniel does have the Dallas defense, which he actually stole from Drew during the draft. That's funny. This will be interesting. This is the week that you saved Dallas defenses for. Uh, one week. <sighs> Daniel overheard me during the draft. Uh, albeit, Daniel did have every intention of taking Dallas's defense. He did overhear me talk about them and then went ahead and Took him under my nose, so that one hurt quite a bit. But I will still take uh, Green Bay's defense this week uh, against Denver, who I feel is a terrible team, and it just so happens that Philip Lindsay is on Denver, and he's being started against that's, my team. That's a good little stack for you. So that's a good little stack for me. I'd say so. 
Jason, you want to round out this uh, no, definitely. tight end? I just feel like this matchup is built by your running backs. Or not not so much your running backs. Your your well-surrounded around core team versus his top wide receivers. That's what all this matchup is about. I feel like if his whole squad produces, I feel like he can put up a fight. But at this point, I'm going to say with the W this week, it would be Drew. Thank you, Jason. I, hey, I appreciate I'm that. I'm just going with facts this week, man. Yeah. Well, that's the end of our matchup portion. I think we're going to get into uh, just some random topics that we kind of feel like talking about now. All right, guys. Well, any chance that y'all know what today is as far as national days? Can I get a guess? Can I get a guess? Um, It's not National Cheeseburger Day, is it? I think it's National Taco Day. Nope, Brock was right. National Cheeseburger Day. All right, so in the spirit of the National Day, I do indeed have a quiz. Uh, fast food trivia quiz, all right? So I'm going to need you guys to answer these 10 questions, all right? We're how, keeping how, track. How, how are we doing it? Are we're we doing it. Is it me and Jason or our team? We're against you're, each other? You're against each other. Uh, your name is your buzzer. No, that's not true. You're just going to each get a shot at it, and we'll go from there. Okay. All right. Question number one, what fast food restaurant is credited with introducing the first modern day drive through window? Is it Sonic, Wendy's, McDonald's, or Burger King? Fast food window, first to do it. I'm going to go with the old uh, Mickey D's, McDonald's. Mackey D's for J-Man. I'm going to say McDonald's as well. They've always been a progressive business, um, always trying to shorten the time um, from order to, to eating. Uh, McDonald's it is. You couldn't have pulled that out of your butt quicker. It is Wendy's. Yeah. Wendy's. I thought it'd be Sonic. I think I thought Sonic's like Sonic's known for Sonic's more the you go to your car. They they go up to you for mm, that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, which of the following fast food restaurants was founded first? Burger King, In and Out, Whataburger, or McDonald's? I'm gonna go again with the McDonald's on this one. Safe choice. Safe and sturdy. <laughs> I'm gonna say what was. Burger King, In and Out, Whataburger. I'm gonna McDonald's. say I'm gonna say Burger King. Once again, you are both wrong. It's gonna be a good game, guys. A Whataburger? Believe it or not, In and Out, founded in 1948 by Harry and Esther Snyder in Baldwin Park, California, mind you. Wow. Right guys, now. I always drive by Baldwin Park and I see uh, th- there's an In and Out and it has you. yeah and it says Baldwin Park In and Out. And then it says gift shop inside or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. always wondering why is there and a I, gift shop? Well, I've always been, yeah, exactly. I've always wondered, like, hey, I want to stop by there and check it out. All right, so uh, no score yet. All right, question number three. What did McDonald's restaurant first introduce in 1968? Was it the Happy Meal? The Ronald McDonald? Oh, no, just Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Was it the Happy Meal? Ronald McDonald himself. An Egg McMuffin or the Big Mac? So, what did uh, McDonald's restaurants first introduce in 1968? I'm going to go with Ronald McDonald's Go-Getter. Go-Getter. I'm going to say the Happy Meal. It is the Big Mac. What? <laughs> That's right. All right. I'm done. All right. <laughs> Where was the first Pizza Hut built? Was it Grand Prairie, Texas? Wichita, Kansas? Los Angeles, California? Or Albany, New York. Jason, I feel like in our one of our home ec classes we did like a doc or like a, we watched a documentary on this. Is that I, right? Didn't I, we? I feel like we've we've like discussed this before, possibly. <laughs> so I'm, you better get it right. I'm gonna say Albany, New York. Let's go with that. All right, good guess. 
New York is home of the pizza, home of hashtag the slice. I'm going to go with Albany, New York. Yeah, you're right, Jason. It's uh, Wichita, Kansas. I feel like you guys wouldn't have even remembered that answer. You just, you know, Los Angeles or Albany probably stuck with you guys. Right? (laughs) I do agree with that one. Okay. All right, question number five, and we're going to start rolling through these a little quicker. What fast food restaurant introduced a popular advertising campaign in 1997 that featured a talking chinchilla? What? I did not know about this. I know this one. All right. I know this one. (laughs) All right, Jason. I'm going to let... Hold on. Jason. Listen. All right, hold on. Jason has to answer this without any clues, and then I'll give Brock the four clues and see if he gets it. All right. Go ahead, Jason. You ready? Yeah. Taco Bell? All right, so what's <laughs> Domino's, Pizza Hut, Del Taco, or Taco Bell? Jason, I mean, Brock? You said a chinchilla? Yeah. Oh, it's a chihuahua. <laughs> Wait a second. I was like, it definitely wasn't a chinchilla, but chihuahua, I would have said Taco uh, Bell anyway. Even those chinchillas they said, so I just assumed. I just assumed. Question, what fast food restaurant would feature chinchilla? Real quick. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, who? Um, I'm gonna go with Wendy's or no uh, KFC because they'll deep fry anything. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, the only thing that I can think of top of my head is Sabara's Pizza for some reason. <laughs> they'll just slap it on I don't top. No, yeah. Little roadkill delight. All right. So on to question number six. Last what? One, right? Yeah, last one here for the win. By the way, who got that? Oh wait, you guys both got it. Yeah. So tiebreaker here. Uh, what fast food restaurant boasts that you can have it your way? Subway. Papa John's, Burger King, or El Pollo Loco? Might need a tiebreaker. Go for it, Brock. I know this. Yeah, one. Brock, you go ahead. Burger King. I'm gonna say something different. I'm gonna say Papa John. Brock is correct, God. and we have a winner. Wow, that was fun. Is that all we have? That's all. That's we all got we have. Wow. Hey, let me let me just start by or end this by saying uh, I appreciate. You guys listening, uh, this was a really fun episode, and I can't wait to do it again. Thanks so much, guys, for being with me. Have a good day, guys. Thanks for listening.